You might not know their name, but you've likely used them. SaniTouch is a brand of those sanitizing wipes, the kind you use to wipe down your trolley and basket in the supermarket. During the COVID-19 pandemic, these types of wipes became an important cleaning tool, helping to reduce the probability of COVID-19 infection in our retail spaces. Like hand sanitizer, pre-saturated wipes saw an exponential increase in demand during the pandemic. They aren't a standalone solution to the pandemic, of course, but they are a part of a wider push towards hygienic and COVID-safe public spaces. The downside, however, is that single-use plastics like wipes aren't exactly aligned to efforts to reduce pollution and in turn slow down climate change. The makers of the Sunny Touch wipes is trying to change that. Off the back of the government's climate change bill and the amended Extended Producer Responsibility, or EPR, regulations, the company wanted to see how they could incorporate their wipes into a circular economy. That's one where the outputs are worked back into the production chain to reduce waste. I recently sat down with Annette Devonish of Infection Protection Products, the makers of SaniTouch, to talk about the launch of their green-coloured, 100% recyclable wipes, the need to change attitudes towards waste in South Africa, as well as some of the challenges they've faced in making that change. you to introduce yourself. My name is Annette Devonish and I work for Infection Protection Products. Our brand is called SaniTouch. We are a family-run business and we've been doing this for 30 years. How many uh, products do you produce um, and, and how many of those are wipes? We produce a lot of different products because we are um, sort of an innovative family business, we keep finding opportunities. So one of our biggest problems is we probably produce too many products and mm -hmm. we have too many different diverse products. We started with products in the washroom service industry, mm -hmm. so dispensers and consumables. Um, and our very, very first product was actually the toilet seat wipe oh. in the 80s. Yeah, we've always kind of been in wipes and um, the pre-saturated wipe market has definitely grown, uh, especially during COVID, it's actually exploded because pre-saturated wipes is your single best product to prevent cross-infection. The hospitals have been using them to prevent your superbugs mm. for very many years. So um, it, it just prevents that fear factor. Mm -hmm. So if you use a dirty or improperly cleaned dish rag in your kitchen, for example, you could be spreading more bugs and microorganisms because you're a fastidious cleaner mm. but you haven't cleaned your dish rag properly mm. so that's where pre-saturated wipe takes away the risk because it's already pre-saturated it's perfectly impregnated and you wipe and you throw it away mm. so obviously people we don't have videos people can't see but i've got a big box of wipes here um what are the materials of the actual bucket 
will those be recycled? Yes. So the buckets themselves are polypropylene. So that is, if you look underneath, there's a little triangle that says a number five. So those are 100% recyclable and they are recycled. Mm. So one of the things that we found with buckets in South Africa, a lot of them are not recycled because mm. they're reused. But we're happy if it's reused. Um, once it's finished being used, whether it be used for mopping the floor or whether it be used in your home, we need to make sure it then gets into the recycling process. So the buckets themselves have always been um, recycled or reused. Mm. The actual wipe uh, felt a bit silly when I thought about this for the first time, but I guess I assumed that it was more paper than it was plastic. Tell me about the construction of the wipe. So our original trolley wipe that we launched onto the market 15 years ago was a biodegradable paper wipe, and we still have those wipes available for people to buy. The toilet seat wipe was also a biodegradable paper wipe. Mm. I mean, that goes without saying. Because people would flush that, yeah, presumably. that's correct. So you, you need to ensure that it's also flushable. Mm. But that's a whole different conversation. Mm. So um, what happened with the trolley wipe is over the years, the retailers looked for a cheaper alternative. Your biodegradable paper is 100% imported whereas the polypropylene is 100% locally made. I didn't so, that. Yeah, so we moved a lot of our white products over to the um, polypropylene because it's local um, and because it's, it's a lot cheaper. Mm. We can't use it for all our products mm. because, for example, in medical, your your wipe has to be fit for purpose. Mm. So that has to have different types of properties. So that's a whole nother um, issue. Mm. And we are looking at our medical range now to see how we can make them more environmentally friendly. But in terms of the trolley wipe, Mm -hmm. um, the recyclable wipe means that you can really get it into the circular economy. The trick is to get it into the circular mm -hmm. economy, and that's really why we are here today. Mm. Tell me about the circular economy then, as you understand it. Okay, so the circular economy just basically is taking a product that is that it's possible to recycle, getting it through the whole system and getting it repurposed into another product that we can use. Mm -hmm. So a wipe is classified as a single-use product. Mm -hmm. By putting it into the circular economy, it pops out the other side as something usable and workable. So you're creating something that is environmentally neutral, and not only that, is you're actually giving it a much bigger value. Mm -hmm. So it's starting as a lonely little wipe to wipe your trolley, and it's ending up as a very useful palette in our factory, okay. for example, that is going to be used for many, many years to come, has huge benefits. We're not chopping down forests. Mm. Um, and you've basically upcycled it. Now, the trolley wipe is just one little lonely product that you can do that to. So what we have to do as consumers and as manufacturers is look at every single thing we produce mm. and either see how we can make it into a uh, environmentally safe product mm -hmm. or see how we can upcycle it. And if we're going to upcycle it, we need to make sure that there's no combination fibers in there. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons why we changed our wipes to green is because then it's easily identifiable. Mm -hmm. So that way the recyclers will take it because they know that they're getting a pure product. Mm -hmm. If we give them um, a bag of product that is mixed, somebody's mm -hmm. got to sort that. They don't want that. So where we need help from the consumer, if you see a green wipe, 
in a retail store, throw it in the bin provided, but please don't throw anything else there mm -hmm. because you're making the cleaner's job a lot harder because she's got to then sort it. Mm -hmm. So she can sort it because she can identify it as green um, and they will then put it back into an empty bucket mm -hmm. and the sticker underneath the bucket is a 100% polyprop that goes back onto the top of the bucket mm -hmm. and that goes to the back of the store. So now you've separated the used wipes from the new wipes that goes into roll containers which goes back to DC through the back haulers. The back haulers then take it across to our by the waste management companies which then take it to the recyclers. The more we work with the recyclers, they're excited to get clean polypropylene because so often they get uh, material from, for example, the informal waste pickers mm -hmm. that they need to still separate and clean. So what we can do as a consumer is help those informal waste pickers by separating our product mm. and not chucking it all into one bin mm. because you're contaminating the different product. So if we can separate, then the waste picker's job is easier and quicker and the the waste collector or the waste um, recycler is more likely to take it from that mm. waste picker and he actually gets money for that. Mm. So we're helping everybody along the way. So the, the message to the consumer is just by separating your waste. Mm. It sounds like such a silly, stupid thing, but you're making a big difference. Mm. And, a, and a message to industry. How have you found the receptiveness um, to look at opportunities like this? What's the word from your partners? How are you feeling about industry's readiness to be greener? I think industry does need a little bit of a kick up the rear to get this ball rolling. And we have found it incredibly difficult to get everybody's buy-in along the way. Once we got it and we worked out that it could be done and it could be done quite easily, then they get excited. Mm -hmm. But difficulty is starting the process. Mm -hmm. The difficulty is getting to the point we are at now. It's probably not foolproof and we've got lots to learn, but yeah, we do need to encourage industry, which is why I really do like the um, EPR mm. um, system that's been brought into place. I know it's another regulation and another legislation, and gosh, even in our industry, we are so overregulated, it's mm. frightening. The EPR system doesn't apply to us, it applies to packaging. Yeah. Um, and it's just really, it's going to encourage packaging manufacturers that they've got to find circular economies. But as I say, ours doesn't fall into that. Mm -hmm. But we found an EPR system. And if we can figure out an EPR system, then there are other industries out there that can also find an EPR system. It just takes a little bit of passion and enthusiasm and a little bit of thought. Mm -hmm. You just change little things that can make a big difference in the long run. So we've got to encourage um, industry. Mm -hmm. We've got to. How are you experiencing the implementation of regulations. So I think that South Africa has a lot of fantastic policies and good intention on paper. And and I, and I say this across the board, you know, regulation that applies to uh, individuals and to business. Are we doing enough to crack down on people who aren't doing what they need to do? And how do we move that needle? COVID has been such an eye-opener. Um, it's a hobby horse that I probably shouldn't get onto because the amount of product that has popped 
into the market during COVID that is totally unregulated. Mm. Labeling is all over the place. Um, our bodies like SABS and NRCS, they just don't have the manpower to police it. So especially in our industry, the amount of wipes out there that have got the completely wrong information on them. Um, For example, no wipe should have an SABS mark on. There is no standard in South Africa in terms of SABS marking on a wipe. So there are so many products out there where they claim SABS approval or SABS marks. They don't have it. Mm. They're just using those marks willy-nilly. And I feel very sorry for the likes of the SABS because they just don't have the manpower to police mm. that. NRCS is a compulsory specification, whereas SABS is a voluntary yeah. specification. Now, again, with NRCS, we have seen the dodgiest NRCS um, registrations going uh, out there. And again, NRCS doesn't have the manpower to chase all these new chances. Mm. Um, and it saddens me what has happened during COVID in terms of irregular product price gouging, mm-hmm. claims that are just ridiculous. And the consumer knows none the wiser and our regulatory bodies are swamped. Yeah. They just can't keep up. So are we doing enough? No, we're not doing enough. Um, I don't know what the long-term thing is. I think it'll settle eventually, mm-hmm. um, but it is quite soul-destroying to mm. see what's happening out there. We really have turned into a country where whatever you can get away with, get away mm. with. We need to stop that because it's not fair on the consumer. Mm. The consumer doesn't know what they're getting. Um, and we need to take responsibility mm. as producers to make sure that we comply with the regulations and that we put the right thing on our, our containers mm. and we do what is right but we've got a long way to go. Mm. But don't we also need business people like yourself to take a firm stance, to be a voice, to say the uncomfortable things sometimes? Maybe, do you think it's easier or harder for yourselves as a family-run business to stand on an ethical um, line? We have lost one of our biggest um, customers during COVID by standing on an ethical line. And... Although I'm very sad, I don't regret it Mm. because we have to make an ethical stand. It's uncomfortable Mm. and we've made enemies, but you've got to draw the line. Mm. And and if we didn't make that ethical stand, it goes against our core being. Mm. So if we lose business because we've made an ethical stand, it wasn't worth it in the long run. Mm. How big do you think the contribution of something as simple as changing the the wipe manufacturer uh, will be to your industry? I think if we can achieve to get the consumer to help us to recycle the wipe, Mm. we can get the retailer to help us to get the wipe to the recycler, Mm. and we can encourage industry to use the repurposed product that is made from that wipe or other polypropylene material. Although... Our waste is so small in the grand scheme of things. If we can get 30 tons of wipe out of the environment a month and turn that into something usable like a pallet, it's enough for me because it's a tiny, tiny drop 
in a great big ocean. But if everybody tries just a little bit, that mm. drop will eventually become a river. And one of the things that I love about Cape Town and why we are here is because Cape Townians are, be, are definitely more um, cognizant of the fact that they need to recycle. Mm. So, so you guys down here are doing a great job, and we've got to make sure that the rest of the country follows suit. And it's difficult when you're in an e economic downturn because mm. if you can't put food on the table, do you really care about recycling? But if that recycling is going to give you a little bit of income, mm. you're suddenly going to care. So if we can create a value for the products that can be recycled, mm. it will go full circle and we can get right through to the pure, pure, poorest of the poor because mm. we, um, we can give them an income. Mm. So, yes, it's tiny, but join us. So that would be your message then for industry. Mm. You've partnered with ShopRite on this? So ShopRite has helped us to trial the whole process. Mm -hmm. And they have helped us with the to putting the processes in place to make sure that this goes through to the circular economy. Mm -hmm. So all their wipes are already green, but all the other retailers are hopefully going to follow. Mm. And we're going to hopefully get them on board as well so that in their own little way we can work with them to find um, processes that are either similar or the same they're not all the same the way they do things so um, we've got quite a few very enthusiastic retailers that we are working with and then our next big one is medical we've mm. got to then start working with medical which is different products different issues mm. but that's our next um Thing to look at. What about the criticism that anything that is single use is part of a problem? So plastic is so fit for purpose for so many products. Now, mm. in terms of a wipe, wipe is classified as a single use product. If we can take a single use product, take it out of landfill and out of the ocean, repurpose it into something useful, it's no longer single use. And that is what our aim's got to be. So pre-saturated wipes have proved that they are invaluable in preventing cross-infection way before the COVID crisis. They've been using it in medical facilities to prevent um, cross-infection forever. Mm. So to prevent cross-infection, a single-use pre-saturated wipe far outweighs the bucket and luppy system, mm. like I call it, because that is fraught with danger. So we've got to balance products that are um, single use and get them into the circular economy. My niece is a OT mm -hmm. and our pledge wall, one of the pledges is I pledge to never use plastic straws. Mm. She phoned me up and she said to me, I'm very cross with you because all my disabled patients mm. rely heavily on plastic straws. You cannot ban plastic straws. I need them for my disabled patients mm. in therapy. And it really got me thinking. And I thought, there's the challenge to find the balance. Mm. So we need to concentrate on taking unnecessary products out of the system. But those that are necessary, keep them, reuse them, repurpose them. Mm. And that's what we need to find is the balance. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you want to put on the agenda? Working with the recyclers, they were not interested in recycling um, wipes until we pushed them. Yeah. 
Now they've figured it, it's quite nice because it's a clean polyprop. Mm -hmm. So now I actually had recyclers phoning me saying, pick me. I'm going, well, I can't really dictate who the retailer sends the yes, yeah. right to, but if you're keen, we can put you on the list. But I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. So, so when they figure it out and they figure that there's a product you can make in the end. So mm. I suppose it goes down to economics. <laughs> so, and I'm sure the wipe is not the only thing we can find. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge to South Africa, really. Let's figure out what we can recycle and mm. what into.